Hey guys, I'm James Marshall and welcome to the Swish Waddle Ad Podcast. Yes, this episode is proudly brought to you by Swish, which is an awesome platform which gives you the opportunity to get a video message from one of your favourite sports stars. It's perfect for any occasion, birthdays, weddings or even some good old fashioned banter with your mates. The prices are very affordable starting from as little as $20 and on top of that you can get an extra discount with the special Waddle Ad code for Waddle Ad listeners which is of course what a lad. And my favourite part is that a large portion of the proceeds go straight to Kiwi Kids Charities. There is so much to love about this platform. I'll leave a link in the description so that you can just go and click on that to check it out. Also, you may have heard the legendary lad Tim Bateman pop up on a few episodes lately. Anyone who's listened to the Tim Bateman episode will know that he's a champion lad and one of the smartest people that I know. And what he's done with O Studio has been awesome to watch from afar. He's created the largest well-being and recovery centre in New Zealand. It's an industry that's rapidly growing as we realise the importance to spend time on our mental and physical health. O Studio has seen huge growth that they've decided to expand throughout New Zealand and abroad. So there's an opportunity for you to own your very own O Studio. Honestly, if I could, this would be something I'd definitely be looking into. Timmy will guide you through the process and will help you set up and run your very own O Studio. If you're interested, head over to studio.co.nz slash lad and I'll also leave a link in the description so you can just go click on that. Also, Pure Sport had their muscle and joint balm voted the very best in UK and honestly, I am not surprised. Anyone with muscle or joint pain should not just put up with it. Instead, go give this Pure Sport muscle and joint balm a try. Add a couple of drops of the oil just before bed and I can promise you, you will definitely feel the difference. It is the most tested and trusted CBD in the world with professional athletes all over the world using it. And I do have a very special discount of 20% off for Waterlad listeners with the code WATERLAD20. And same again, I'll leave a link in the description for you to go and try. Well, it's awesome to have so many partners help bring this podcast to you, but let's get to it. What a lad. Well, I got a message from someone the other day asked me why I never get blues lads on, which is probably fair enough, but trust me when I say that I'm going to make it up to you with this one, as I have one of the greatest lads to ever play for the blues. He's also a Northland Tanifa legend and definitely one of the real characters of the game. He is New Zealand's favourite redhead. It is the great Tom Robinson. Welcome, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Not sure what Finlay will think about that. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to actually say one of the great redheads. <laughs> it's probably 50 50 split on the nation. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, this summer I had someone come up to me and be like, Finlay. And I was like, oh. No, it's a pleasure to be here, mate. I'm uh, I'm a big fan, especially of the pranks. I think uh, last year we were moving out of our flat about three, four days of just solid cleaning, and and we just had those pranks playing out, and (laughs) it was gold, man. It got us through it. Didn't get the bond back, but anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I've always been wanting to get a few tunny fars on a prank, but um, they're hard work. (laughs) Yeah. We're smarter than we look up there. Yeah, that's it. I think so. But anyway, mate, since we got so many questions in for the champion lad yourself, I was hoping to start this podcast a little bit differently, start with some questions, finish with some questions, and get your journey in the middle. But the one that was probably the most popular was one from a couple of weekends ago. What was going through your head as Bryn Gatlin lined up that penalty? Oh, mate, I think I was... I think I was praying to every single god I've ever heard of. Hey, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually joked that I had a, I actually joked that I had a multi on a eh? Chiefs twelve and under. So, <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> no, nah, mate, I was, I was shitting bricks, man. I was shitting bricks. Um, yeah, when he missed that, far out. Pretty happy man. Poor fella. Feel for him, but. 
I didn't at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely look like you found your religion um, that day. I'm not sure if you're religious <laughs> or not, but you were definitely thanking the heavens. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, talking to so many of the gods, I don't know which one uh, actually pulled through for me. So <laughs> maybe that'll be the journey of the rest of my life, find out which one. <laughs> <laughs> What's your gut say? Which one do you reckon? <laughs> I don't know, mate. Maybe the tiny far. <laughs> <laughs> Start your own religion. Yeah, a little commune, a little commune up north. It pretty much already is up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just need a leader, and mate, you're the perfect man. Yeah, legalized marijuana and our economy will be booming, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good start, Kane. Okay, next question. This was probably the second most popular, actually. All about the locks. Any secrets to keeping the locks so luscious? And what sort of shampoo? What's your What's your regime? Mm, good question. Um, they're all natural. You know, that's the mm. approach I go for. Just get natural approach. A lot of salt water. Um, a lot of grass. A lot of sweat. Um, that's pretty much it, eh? And then that takes care of it. <laughs> that's good, eh? That's easy care. Yeah. No, I've actually gone into a bit of routine. Brushing once a day really helps. There's a while where I just couldn't really brush it, and then I just rely on conditioner just to get out all the knots and all the dreads and stuff. But um, I go for the natural natural approach. Have you got any plans with it? You know, is it a long term thing? Uh, not sure. I tell you what, it actually started. We're having a game of five hundred. And we were like, well, we got to put something on it, you know. <laughs> and um, we we're like, all right, whoever loses has to grow their hair for six months. And um, I ended up losing, and um, and so I grew it out for six months. And mate, that six month stage, I was like, well, I'll screw if I can't get any uglier than I am now. Like, I'm amazing, <laughs> amazing, keep going. It's just this mop, like. I don't even know how to describe it. And then I, I sort of kept growing it. And then uh, it was sort of, I always said, I, I reckon the reason why I made super was because I had the long hair. Just everyone thinks I'm everywhere, but it's just because it's easy to spot. And <laughs> I've kept it ever since. <laughs> Increased your work rate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, all these stats came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if I did have to do anything, I'd, I'd go for a nice sort of, 80s sort of perm mullet sort of thing, you know, when the time's right. I'm not sure when the time is, <laughs> but no plans at the moment. That would look gold. <laughs> 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 oh, well, good stuff. Okay, next one. Um, does the carpet match the drapes? This one came in a couple <laughs> of times. <laughs> Once from yourself, first person to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love an excuse to, to get the kid out, eh? <laughs> Indeed, it does. It does. Us gingers, we are human. We're, we're like everyone now. We just don't have a soul. But but in terms of um, pubic hair, it is. Bright ginger. Yeah. Nice. A beaming light. <laughs> Follow the light. <laughs> Follow the beacon. <laughs> Okay, next one. Does he ever get randoms to do the Tanifar chant? Oh, I don't need to find randoms, eh? Just enough of those, the, enough of the fans up north, they just love it, eh? There's this one guy, there's like a group of them, and they just follow us everywhere. Like, it's it's unbelievable, like, the support they show, eh? And, and they're good characters, too. Mm. And there's one guy, we call him all, um, Blue. And if you've ever been to an orphan game, he's that old pilot that's just going, boo, boo. We're like, <laughs> after about 600 beers deep. And I'm, I remember like a couple of times we've gone out after the game and we'd just be walking around town, you know, being a pest. And every now and then you just hear this, boo. <laughs> and, and he's still up and he's still going. So, yeah, it doesn't seem to... Um, Everyone's pretty happy to do it. <laughs> oh, they do have some of the great supporters, eh, up there in the Tunny Far Land. Yeah, mate. They're unbelievable, eh? The Tunny fans. Mm. They'll be on tour this year, I'm sure. Mm, no doubt. Okay, next one. What's the greatest music video you've produced out at sea? <laughs> oh, well, I didn't want to bring it up, but um, 
well, I'm actually part of a band. I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> it's uh, 999 megabytes because we'll never get a gig. <laughs> Turns out there's actually more than a thousand megabytes on a gig, but anyway. And um, yeah, it's pretty much a few years ago, Collins actually, he um, found this yacht online and uh, we all, there's four of us put money into it. And no, we didn't even know how to sail. We've been sailing a handful of times. Like, decent, 24 foot, you know, sort of decent size. And, um, yeah, we we got into sailing. And then for some reason why we decided to, it'd be funny to do music videos out in the yacht. So there's a couple floating around on my Instagram. <laughs> Is that something you'd look to do? Maybe get into music? Oh, mate, I'd love to. But um, I can't sing to save myself. Just play a little bit of guitar and a little bit of harmonica, mm. but mate, it'd be awesome. But you can act. You're good for the good for the videos. <laughs> uh, be, how good would it be just to have a? I'd love to have a little crew. You just go to a go to a pub and just jam for a little bit. You know, a couple of <laughs> couple of songs, get booed at, yeah, and then just off you go. The tall Ed cheering you'd be. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this one's actually. On sailing as well. Tell us about the first time you went sailing in your new yacht. Bit of a disaster, was it? <laughs> hey, was it what? So, like, I've been sailing maybe a handful of times, but it was on my mate's yacht up up north, and it was a, you know, it was a self furling jib and everything. So we got this new yacht, and we had no clue. It took us ages how to work out to put up the main and stuff, and we got five of us on board, and we, and we finally get it sailing, and. um I don't know if you know Auckland very well, but when you drive north over the Harbour Bridge and you look out to the left, there's all these hidden sandbars. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're sailing along, we're like keeling over, and we're thinking, oh, we've got this down packed. Like, look at us go. We're going that way, and everyone else is coming that way. We're like, oh, this is weird. Like, we're, we're clearly in a good spot here. Why are they going that way? And, uh, we, we had that Navionics app, and and Collins was like, "It says there's land over there, but there's clearly not land. Like I can see water." And then before you know, it just had a thump, and everyone <laughs> just goes flying, flying in the yacht. So we ran, we we ran in the ground on this in the sandbar out in the harbour. So after a while, we realised we're going nowhere. So we get we get two of the boys up on the bow and two on the stern. And Collins is on the um he's just got the outboard and he's on the tiller. So he we um we're kinda like lifting the lifting the, the yacht up and just inching forward, inching forward slowly <laughs> off the sandbar. And then um we finally get it off, but obviously we're not hanging around for long, so three of us jump on board quick and then one one shoe got left behind. I'll never forget, like looking back, he's just slowly just swimming <laughs> up towards the yacht. <laughs> like, swim faster. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we, we got off and I, we, we got to go get him. So then I get in the dinghy and we go pick, I go pick him up in the dinghy and then we get back to the yacht and then we start sailing along again and then all these boats out there fishing are just like pointing, pointing behind us. We're like, what, what's going on? We look behind us, the dinghy's come off. Floating <laughs> like, around the harbour and... <laughs> oh, it was all go. What a shambles. Is that why you've got into um, marine safety ads I see lately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just, when they sent me that saying well, they, want, they want me to do a marine safety, I just we just lost it, eh? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it quite ironic. Oh, absolute classic. Love that one. Okay, a couple more before we get into it. But favourite tree from the Northland region? Oh, mate, the beautiful Cody tree. Yeah, yeah. That's the easiest question I'll answer in my life, I reckon. Yeah, fair enough. I was going to say the wild ginger plant that everyone, those signs, everyone's like, destroy wild ginger. <laughs> That'll come in close second, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> underrated. That's the most underrated plant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, next one. Biggest effort you've gone to to cock block your flat, mate. <laughs> 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 so pretty much flatmate he uh been down to Christchurch a couple of weeks earlier and uh 
isn't it? It's bird, you know, got off, got, got along with her quite nicely. Nothing's happened, but we started chatting away. Anyway, she she flies up to Auckland this one weekend, and um, Collins and I are like, oh, this is going to be great. So he he's going off to to pick her up from the airport. We find out who she is, and we print off about thirty or forty photos of her, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we put them. <laughs> We put them all, we put them all, like, all up in the room, and we, like, light all these candles and put photos of her on the pillow and stuff. And then, these ones, like, I mean, obviously, we're, we're pranking each other. We prank each other all the time in the flat. So, we took him a message, like, oh, can you, can you take a joke? And he's just like, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> So anyway, he he comes home and walks into his room, and her reaction just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" But she was a she was a good sort about it. So it was um yeah. They're not still together. No, no, it didn't work out. He's got a test passing order on him on him too, but I don't know why. But <laughs> oh, oh, geez, that is good stuff. I love stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. Pranks at its best. Oh, mate. I've had some good ones over the years. I think uh, up there with, with the worst is um, had a, this was second year uni, actually. And uh, living with, living with uh, about six of us boys in this flat in Ponsonby, like the worst house in Ponsonby, but it was perfect, you know. And um, I come across a bit of lube in one of my mates in his bedroom. So I. Um, Take a bit of chili powder and um, put the put the chili powder in uh, in his lube, and um, obviously that night or a couple of nights later, he uh, decided to feed the chickens, as, as you say, and um, <laughs> he reckons like he just sort of felt this burning and was like, "Oh, what the what the like that's weird. Like, what have I got?" And then. Um, my friend, uh, my friend, mate, that was next to the like sister's room, just reckons you. It's just like, oh, oh, and he just like sprints. Helps to turn on the light, sees all the like chili powder, sprints to the kitchen. He's just got this milk. He's just like putting all this milk all over himself. He runs into my room, starts laying into me. And we're just chasing each other around the flat. Oh, hilarious, man. Oh, mate. That is next level. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. Oh, so good. Far out. You would be nervous times being your flat, mate. <laughs> yeah. You know, and trust me now, I don't know why, but... <laughs> 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 Mate, well, that's a hell of a start to the potty. I knew you were a lad, but geez, some lad you are. <laughs> yeah. um, but I am keen to get through your journey, um, life growing up in Kerry Kerry. What an amazing spot it is up there. Give us the rundown of what your life was like growing up up there. Oh, mate, like looking back now, I had the best childhood. I grew up on a organic farm, beef and sheep, like outside, about 10 minutes outside of Kerry Kerry. Yeah. And um, we just ran wild, eh? Just. Always out on the farm, riding horses, um, having fights with sisters from throwing horse poo at each other. Most of the time, I end up eating eating it myself, and <laughs> me and my mate come back crying to mum. But um, it was cool. Eh? It's such a good spot to grow up. We were we were so lucky there to grow up on a farm, and then grandparents had a boat, so summer was just spent on the water um, out in the Bay of Islands, just weeks weeks out there, and fishing and swimming with dolphins and all that sort of good stuff, eh? Oh. Had a great childhood. Mate, that is living. Yeah. What age were you riding horses? Uh, pretty young. We just we just go ride off thinking we were Lord of the Rings characters and <laughs> riding around the farm just drawing gorse and and um yeah, parents would just let us go off and sort of when I think about it now, like you go off and shoot rabbits, your old man just give you a 22 and just be like all right show me you can use it properly show him you can use it and then off you go <laughs> just like out to the back of the farm I often wonder now like because to get to the spot you sort of had to walk past one of the paddocks on the main road and i often think now like cars driving by seeing this young little kid with a 22 
just walking along, but it's sort of just the norm up there. Yeah, but your your old man was a all black too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was all black. Yeah, we went on one tour over to Europe. Got four four games for them and plenty. I think it was about seventy odd for the tunnies. Yeah. So he, he loves it. I eh? just just he, he even now like now that I'm he's not coaching the teams that I'm in. He just goes and coaches the local club team, high school team, and yeah. And he was always coaching, and I was real lucky. Like anything I really wanted to do, my parents would allow it to happen. You know, mm. so I was very fortunate. So when did you fall in love with the game of rugby, or was it? Did you feel like it was sort of put upon you? <laughs> yeah, Dad's like, you want to be an All Black? He's <laughs> this. Give me a thousand burpees, Dad. I'm only five years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 this is, uh, as long as I can remember, eh, I, I loved it. I think it was a little photo of me. I'm probably about two years old and in and, and Dad's boots as a young kid. So that's all I ever wanted to do. With your gun? Yeah, my gun, two years old. <laughs> Where is this? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I always, always loved it, eh? And were you good? Uh I was good when I was real young, and then everyone hit puberty, and me being ginger, didn't hit puberty. I still don't know if I've hit puberty. <laughs> and, um, like, for junior stuff, I was, and then sort of once I hit high school, I didn't really – I think I made Roland Mills, which was that year seven, eight comp, and then after that, I don't didn't really play wet footy. Oh, I think – I didn't make the under-14s team, then I got called in, didn't make under-16s, and made the – under 18s team, but yeah, when I was in, when I finished high school, I reckon it would have been about 80 clicks, probably same height. Has Kerry Kerry got much of a rugby program up there? What's their first 15 like? Uh, they're getting better, but it's, it's different out in North, eh? They kind of can't decide whether to go club rugby or first 15 because obviously it's such a massive region, there's a, there's a whole bunch of high schools. So we used to play first 15 on the Wednesdays. And then we'd play club footy on the weekends. Yeah. And the club footy was a stronger comp because, like, for example, our Kiri Kiri ratings team, there'd be people coming from, obviously, Kiri Kiri, people coming from Ohioi or Kaikoui or Kaio or places like that. Now, now I think it's a bit, it's a bit of it when we played, when I was playing, I think an Auckland Grammar second 15 came up and put about 50 points on us or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what was your pathway from school? Once you left school, what did you decided to do? Yeah, uh, my, my pathway is a little bit different to a lot of people. So I um, obviously finished high school about 80 clicks in the same height that I am now. So I was so there was sort of a, a rough Northland Academy um, in my last year of school, but it wasn't, I don't know, it's nothing like it is now. So went down to uni and didn't have any offers or, or anything like that and um, just went into the halls down there and I think I actually applied for a what they call the John Drake Rugby Scholarship at um, Auckland Varsity and I, I missed out on that but I was just like oh well with the club so went down to uni in Auckland um, joined the club there and then first year like just I don't know I sort of knew the size that I was that I, I probably wasn't going to make NPC until I was about 21 so that first year of uni I just like had a good time and <laughs> and just really like just you know played footy for fun and enjoyed the nights afterwards more more than the actual footy <laughs> yeah. um, side of things and then got to the second year uni that sort of first year flatting and I was like oh you know like alright I'm gonna if I want to make this I always want to pay for the tunnies I'm gonna make the tunnies and I'm probably going to have to get to about, you know, put on some decent decent size, get up to about 108. And so obviously it wasn't in an academy or anything like that. So Flatmate and I, we um, just looked up, Googled how much protein do the bodybuilders eat. <laughs> and I think it was like, it was like 200 grams of protein. So I was like, all right, sweet. Like I'll divide that by six. And, um, yeah, it's roughly like oh, over 30 or grams a meal. So 
I hope that's the right math. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I was all right. So I started just having these six meals a day and just counting the protein. And then I so I was just waking up having a smoothie. Then I was when I was walking around uni, I was just walking around with tuna, rice, <laughs> rice, mint, <laughs> pasta, mint. <laughs> I do ask anyone. So I went to those early stages of uni. I was just I'd just be walking around with uni with a bag and like three containers <laughs> and then I was like well obviously I need to, to start doing some gym work to put on this, this size so we looked we heard this sort of found this article about um, Hugh Jackman how he got real like jacked for that Wolverine and put on all the size yeah yeah so I was like all right so we looked up his gym program and we just started pumping that out <laughs> at the uni gym and then at the second year of uni and um, and then made Prem's team that, that year, Varsity Prem's, and then we won the final. And then after the final, I got called into the Auckland NPC squad. True. And it was sort of pr- pretty crazy because the previous year, like I hadn't even made um, Auckland 20s or, or 21s or, or whatever it was. And it was also real bizarre because growing up up north, like you you hate Auckland rugby. Yeah. Like with a passion because you always just get pumped. <laughs> So I was like, and and the first preseason game was against the Tunnies. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh. I just, that was just, like, obviously I was stoked to be there, but I just felt, felt so strange. I still had my, my little Northern top on, on underneath, <laughs> <laughs> on the way up to the game. And then obviously played that preseason game, and then the Northern coach got in touch and was like, yeah, we're keen to sign you for next year. And then, yeah, got signed the next year. and. I was on a I was on a contract. They wanted me to, to go up north, and I was like, "Oh, look, I'm I, I enjoy it down here in the in the city, eh? Like I'm young and, and I'm at uni, so they're like, all right, well, you can do your first semester down there, and then go back up north once you finish and play the last few rounds of club footy, and and then play NBC, and then um, ended up doing my ACL actually that year in club footy, so never played that year, and my my contract was conditional on um, medical too. So, oh, I missed, ah, right. so I missed I missed out on that. But you know, you're like, well, was I twenty or twenty one? I didn't even you don't really care about money side of things, you know. Just had to just had to drink uh, a few more dark horses rather than <laughs> you know, a nicer drop, but I prefer it anyway. <laughs> and how was it to deal with that injury? You've you've had a few injuries in your career as well and how were you handling that? Um, I was I was pretty good at the time though, like my goal was to make NPC by the time I was 21, and um, I was still 20 at the time or something. So I just I was pretty good about it, and just sort of yeah got on with it pretty much. I don't know, just had that mentality. Still young, got plenty of time, and then um, then rehab that, then came back, played first NPT season for Northland, then got pulled into the Blues as a replacement player. Got when I was at tens in Brisbane with the Blues, and then did my other ACL over there. Oh. And I think that that one had me a little bit more because I was just sort of just had that foot in the door, you know what I mean? Into Super mm-hmm. Rugby, and that's the, like playing NPC is, is awesome, but obviously the dream is just to play footy all year round, you know, full time. Mm-hmm. So, and then I actually got got misdiagnosed and wasn't until about six weeks six weeks later. But I found out it was the ACL, and then it was like two months before MP Tony started. So it was like, oh, you can have it up now. We'll try and rehab it. So I tried to rehab it for a bit, and because some people can play without ACLs, and actually got was back pretty much doing everything back to 100%. And then just one training, just sort of felt it give way a bit, and that was sort of it really. And then um, had the op, and then yeah, nine, twelve months later, back with the Tunnies, and then 29. Was first year got picked up that following year into the Blues. And speaking about the Tunnies, what what's it like up there playing for the Tunny Far? What their environment always looks like? It's a real <laughs> fun environment to be in. It is, man. Like uh, it's the most enjoyable environment that that oh, I'm in. Like the amount of characters up there is it's it's unbelievable. Way eh? like there's such good value. Yeah. The conversations, the chat that happens there. I mean, obviously. 
probably need to get our balance a little bit better in terms of <laughs> the professionalism side of things. Results <laughs> haven't been great, but um, mate, every year I say it, it's, it's the year of the tunny, and 2022 is the year of the tunny. Wouldn't surprise me actually, and it's one big comp this year too. You're going to take out the whole comp. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm not too sure how I feel about that actually, <laughs> but. I'll, I'll be feeling good when we take out the whole comp. <laughs> Old buddy Tanaki, get one win, and then suddenly change the whole bloody comp. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tony's won one game. <laughs> and then going into the Blues environment, how was that? Was that just a whole new level of professionalism for you? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty cool though. Like the Tony's and Blues is. Was the childhood dream who who I wanted to play for, and then just to be doing it like full full time, um, full time footy, and yeah, it was it was awesome, mate. I I, I learned a lot in that first year, that's for sure. I think I learned a I learned a lot around the importance of like getting away from footy. I think like for me, like being in the city, like I learned like I needed to get out, get out of the city, and get into fresh air. I guess the sort of the older you get, the sort of you know, when you grow up in Northland and you finish school, all you want to do is just go to the big city, you know. And then a couple of years, after a few years in the, the big city, you're like, wow, you actually really appreciate how how beautiful it is up there and how good it is for you. So that's sort of where I, like, bought the van and things like that. So if I've got a week off now or anything, I can just I can just get away and, and head, yeah, head wherever the surface pretty much. So you've got a van that you live in pretty much, can live in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's all self-contained. So it's got a little kitchen in the back and a mattress. And she's a uh, Susie, L five-star wagon. She's about, I think she's nineteen eighty-four. <laughs> so she's um, <clears throat> she's seen some things, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, no, she she's great value. Do you rent her out on Airbnb or anything? No, 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 no. I think. She's broken down a couple of times, so she keeps me on edge. So I don't think I'd I'd want to put some poor German tourist through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So you you sort of went into that blues environment when they were struggling, results weren't going that well. Um, but then what you've been through in the last three years has been a real shift by the looks from the outside in. How's that um, environment changed, and what's it been like? Yeah, I think there has been a big, big change, and the coaches that we've had over the last few years have been a massive part of that, and it's a real enjoyable environment to be in. But it's not like the Tunnies where there's still that real professional edge and growth mindset that they've really driven to, and I think that's sort of like they've picked good, they've picked good buggers, and and there's a lot of good characters in the team, and but then there's also that mindset of of really wanting to to grow as a as a player. So, yeah, I think that's sort of been the biggest change around. Mm. And your game personally has gone from strength to strength every year, um, ended up captaining the side last year to victory. How did you feel about being named captain of the Auckland Blues? <laughs> well, yeah, well, well at, the, at the time, I think I'd been on the bench for the first sort of three or four games. And I had, like, a, I thought, a couple of good impacts, you know, and I was sort of wondering going into this, this, the meeting on the Tuesday where they named the team, and I was sort of wondering whether I was going to be starting or not this week. And then uh, Rangi comes up and says, "Oh, how, how do you feel about being captain?" And I was like, "Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." But I was still kind of like hadn't been told I'm starting, you know. So I'm like, kind of just, he's like, "Oh, you're starting too, by the way." And I'm like, oh, oh, sweet. And then um, it was like a pretty uh, easy transition because we still had Paddy there in the background and he was helping out a lot and um, my role didn't, was sure just um, with the other leaders was just sort of that game sort of management and, and the game day sort of in that those moments and stuff and we had a real bunch of good leaders too so but um, I, I didn't realise how bad Paddy's injury was and so I thought it was only going to be for the week and so Every time I get an interview, the, uh, the the boys always give me a give me a word that I gotta <laughs> that I gotta get in there, like put in the interview. Yeah. 
And um, and they're like, all right, if you're getting the speech, you've got to do as many, like, you've just got to do as many cliches <laughs> as you can. And I just thought, I was like, well, I've only got one week of this. I've just got to go for it. So then I, there was an afternoon speech where I was just, you know, I don't know what I, what I said in the end, but I just tried to get as many cliches in there as possible. And then, and then it turns out Patty was actually injured for a while, so I had to pack it up for the next for the next week. And me and manager just like, maybe I sort of rain in a little bit this week. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered what the story was behind that interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. Get as many cliches in as you can. Do they still do it? Are you still doing those in your interviews? I'd love to know what word you've got pre-interview one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we always, um, we always, uh, they always give me one word. I haven't got one for this podcast. I guess the the, the short ones are the, the difficult ones. You know, the short interviews. <laughs> um. But it's, uh, yeah, it's good. I had one on, what was it, on Seven Sharp, and I had to get tortoise, tortoise oh, or turtle yeah, yeah, or yeah. something in it. And uh, how did I do it? Oh, it was just, it was just kind of Clark, actually. <clears throat> they were asking him about his old man, and then asked me about my old man. I said, oh, he's, he's, uh, he's not as fast as, as uh, Caleb's old man, but he's no, he's no tortoise either. <laughs> or no turtle, he's no turtle either or something. <laughs> So have you have you had much feedback from up top? Obviously, you're captain of the Blues. Uh, you've been playing some really good footy. Did you get any feedback from the All Blacks, especially last year when um, I know your name was whispered around as being a bolter and things like that? And I remember watching the footage of you and Finlay at the bar sinking pints and watching the announcement. And must have been a bit of a bittersweet feeling for you, I guess, seeing your good mate make the All Blacks. But um, inside, probably a little bit gutted that your name wasn't read out as well. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's, no, I haven't. No, I haven't had any sort of communication or anything. But I don't think. I think it's quite common. I don't think a lot of people do. But, but I guess sort of my mindset was is that if I was going to make it, like I'd want to be in that. Um, my form was so good that there was no. They had no choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think like like last year, like oh, there was a bit of chat going around. You know, I didn't actually expect mm. it to be fair. It wasn't until afterwards that a whole lot of people messaged me. Because saying, oh, hard luck, but, uh, but yeah, we were just we were at the pub, obviously, a couple of days after we we took that um, Trans Tasman comp out, and it was like what I don't know what day it was, but you know <laughs> we were like, oh, we're just hanging around the flat, getting sorry for ourselves. Like, All right, we'll go, we'll go get a feed at the pub. And uh, well, we'll just have one beer. All right, all right, we'll have one beer. All right, and then you know it all starts. So and then. Um, we're like, all right. Then someone's like, all right. If any of the boys here get named in the All Blacks, then we're sending it. <laughs> and then um, Finlay's name got read out. So everyone was just like, oh, here we go. Like, that was, yeah, here we go. So that was, uh, nah, was good time. It was cool for him, man. Awesome. It was real cool to be there. Yeah. And Finlay doesn't take too much of an arm twist here. Get on the first one, surely. <laughs> no, no, he was sort of kind of like oh, watching, you know, young round for a bit. <laughs> and speaking about your um, blues uh, when you won the Trans Tasman, what was that like? What was it like after that whistle? Uh, the lead up to that week, obviously the Blues hadn't won it for a long, long time, and to win that comp that year must have been pretty special. Yeah, it was. It was special. I, I think um, a lot of us. Like at the time, it was it was awesome. The mindset now, sort of like it's not really the real deal. You know what I mean? Like unless you're beating all those New Zealand teams, you know it doesn't feel like the real sort of title. Yeah. But it was cool for our region. It was cool for us to to set a goal and then achieve, achieve it. You know, mm. and to see everyone work so hard towards that goal. And then I think like the supporters, like for them what they'd gone through like over the last 17 years or longer probably you know yeah um to see what sort of joy it brought to the not only just the city but the the region itself was, was cool and what sort of shape do you see the side in this year um yeah i expect pretty high mm. where we did 100 percent out there to win it to win the the real um the real title yeah um i think yeah, obviously that week against the Canes 
was pretty disappointing mm. um, how we finished, um, especially how we sort of touched on like how how teams perceive us. And I think a lot of people perceive us as sort of 60, 70 minute team. You know, they'll be strong for that. And if you can stay in the fight, they'll, they'll go missing. So it, it was a shame that that happened. But I think the footy that we played against the Hurricanes for that first bit was a lot of people said some of the best footy they've seen the Blues play. Um, yeah, I've got, yeah, pretty high expectations of what we've achieved. Yeah, and how do you see the quarterfinals changing the layout of the season? Obviously, you're probably going to be making the quarterfinals. Uh, I think most New Zealand teams will, to be fair. And then you'll be having these one-off games where you have to pretty much beat everyone to win the comp. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a strange old sort of setup, but um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. Like obviously, you've got eight teams, and and it's, it's quite a lot, you know. Like, but in that quarterfinal, it doesn't matter what form you've been in or whether you qualified eighth or first. Anyone can upset anyone. So yeah, yeah it's going to be pretty full on finish of the comp. That's for sure. Pretty much playing three finals. Yeah, three finals. I'm guessing but the way the comp's structured, New Zealand teams will probably end up playing New Zealand teams with a first and an eighth and a just the way the Aussie teams play each other more. So you might be playing the Highlanders in the first quarter final. Then you might have to play the Hurricanes or the yeah. Chiefs and then potentially the Crusaders. So yeah, um, it is going to be an intense finish to a season, eh? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And what are your plans going forward, mate? Have you, how long have you signed with New Zealand Rugby Union? Sign with the Blues, the Tunnies. I'd imagine you're a Tunny far for life, but um, probably got ambitions to get overseas at some point. Upgrade um, Susie or whatever the van is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, someone got the season and then one more. And then um, I think that'll be five that'll be five seasons of Super Rugby. Yeah. I think by then I'll, I'll feel like I, I would have given it, you know, a real good crack, obviously, to... Mm. Um, see what I can achieve here and, and I think I'll be pretty happy to depends sort of where I am um, but I think I'll be sort of looking looking to go overseas then Yeah, anywhere in particular that really stands out for you, Japan, Europe um, America, anything? Yeah. Or wherever the money comes <laughs> Yeah, take what I can get especially <laughs> after last week <laughs> uh, um, I love the footy lifestyle but one thing I do miss is being able to travel and not have to worry about training and footy, you know? And so at the moment we get like a month off between NPC and Super and, and you can go you can go and travel and stuff, but you gotta be near a gym, you gotta be near a footy field and stuff. So I think the length of Japanese season attracts me because I'd love to just have a couple of months off where I can just, you know, go away for one month and just really travel and get that experience of traveling and then then have that sort of second month to to get into good nick and stuff so mm. the, the length of the season there definitely attracts me um but then you know the, the european lifestyle like that would be awesome to experience that but i think just the length of the season you know it's just so long and yeah i, I love going between blues and, and northland like i go i come down here and it's like yeah i'm really and um look forward to like obviously You've been in Northland for a few months and you're really for the social aspect of the city and going and then after sort of seven months I'm like, All right, I need I need some fresh air, I need to get out of the city and, and head up north and then I head up there and then it's cool going between the two and, and different environments and facilities and then I think just being stuck in one team for for that whole year. Obviously you get weeks off yeah. in between and stuff, but Different grind. Yeah. Fair enough. And you've also got a very hissing business that you've just launched, Zinco Swim. What you're wearing, the top, looks unbelievable. I'm surprised you're not wearing the zinc, to be fair, but I see you wearing it all the time. Night games, day games, doesn't matter. <laughs> One of the great products. Yeah, I probably should be. I'm under a, a roof here, but I, I'm still probably getting burnt for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, it's been a cool venture. I'm doing it with um, good mate, Big Six, Josh Goodju. And pretty much the idea came about well over a year, sort of last preseason. We were just getting so sunburned, like because the sunblock was just sweating off. Yeah. And uh, we we're like, oh, we'll, you know, we'll try some zinc, and um, we tried zinc, and then we're like, oh, it'd be, be quite cool to have, you know, like a blue zinc and some colourful zinc. We'd like to think of ourselves as some colourful characters. Yeah. 
And then there was no natural coloured zinc on the market. Um, so we're sort of quite, yeah, we're really keen to wear sort of natural stuff. And and then that's how the idea came about. And then, yeah, that's how it started. Then we finally launched just a couple of weeks ago. But, um, it took a while to get the recipe and the colour right, back and forth, trying different samples, trying the different colours and pigments and and then eventually we got it right, and then we had to send it off to Sydney to get SPF tested. Mm. And then um, because of COVID over there, they were shut down for about three months. True. So then uh, we couldn't get SPF tested, so that's why we're um, launching Zinc at the end of summer. That's <laughs> one at the end of summer. True, yeah, that's Nicky, eh? <laughs> Marketing 101. <laughs> but how's the launch gone? Yeah, it's been it's been really good. Um, we're lucky to have, I guess, like know enough people, high profile people, I guess, um, that really have lent us a hand. And um, like, for example, like Bodie, he's been massive for us. <laughs> yeah, um, getting us in touch with, with different people, and and um, so we've really made the most of that. And so we've got our our website up and running, Zink or Swim, where you can buy it. And then now we're just looking to get to really. Ex- sort of expand into retail pretty much so yeah any surf shops out there or or stores like that we're just looking to, to get into love it and it's sustainable and it looks high quality stuff yeah it's all it's all natural ingredients so it's, it's good for you and good for your body and um all our packaging is all environmentally friendly and um we're, we're sort of we're big on that and um and then, yeah, like the color aspect, you know, like it's just another sort of chance to express yourself, really. Mm. And are you going to play in it at any point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's if it's a day game, I'll, I'll play in it. I played last weekend. Oh, you had someone last week? Yeah, at the start. The, when you get into a bit of contact, like it's, it stays on. It's crazy how long it stays on. But <laughs> when you're getting into contact and wiping your face on other people's jerseys and stuff, it, it comes off after a while, but. Um, yeah, any day games, I'll, I'll wear it on. And you just go under the eyes, is it, or do you sort of cover the whole face? I go, I go full face because it doesn't, it doesn't run. So you can put it above the eyes, but it doesn't, it doesn't oh. run into your eyes, and um, it doesn't sort of sort of natural stuff. So it doesn't um, hurt or affect your eyes. So I go full face, but um, sort of just the main areas there, the nose and and yeah, under the eyes. Mate, what a product! Well, if I'm out surfing, I'll cover myself in so it's waterproof as well yeah 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 so it's all i can go surfing for hours and come out and it's all still on and working so yeah it's um it's and it's it's not it's quite easily spreadable too like some of the zinc you, you buy it's like rock hard and mm. you can't even spread it so the stuff you're able to spread what a product you should set up some infomercials on the tv you're selling this so well <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> you call now. <laughs> we'll chuck in a free ginger to come out to your house. <laughs> so, what's your involvement with the business now? Though, are you? What are you actually doing now? Um, yeah, we're we're pretty much both Billy and I are running it. We're, we're real lucky. His uh, partner is, is into graphic design and stuff, so she's helping us out, out a lot. But yeah, we do all the. I'm reaching out to retail people at the moment, um, and then um, all the orders that come through online, um, goodies, packaging them up and and sending them out and and stuff. So yeah, we're running the whole thing. Nice. We've got a, a manufacturer here in in Auckland that manufactures it. So um, yeah, it's all go. But it's cool though. Like you have a lot of spare time in footy and. Now I just sort of any spare time and just sort of chipping away at that, but it's your own sort of, you know, it's your own business, so you're quite happy to. Yeah, hundred percent. So cool to see. I love seeing players jump out and do stuff like that. And if you are in a retail business or you do have a retail space, get in touch with Big Tom Robinson because you need to be selling some zinc or swim. This stuff is some of the best zinc <laughs> on the market, no doubt. Yeah, sure is, mate. Yeah, hundred percent. Get in touch and. Um, and uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to, to see our product and, and lots of retail stores over the country. Let's get it done. But as always, we have got the rest of these questions to finish off. We started off with some of the some of the greats, but we've got plenty more to finish. The first question, this one's from Swish, the great sponsor of the Waterlad podcast. They want to know 
If you could get a video call from any celebrity or anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Good question. Um, Paul Tito. <laughs> why? He's the greatest celebrity. He's <laughs> uh, just a... It's just such an icon for us, Gingers. <laughs> he was the first. He paved the way for us. <laughs> was he actually like a role model for you growing up? Uh, I don't know a role model, but it, I definitely ripped him, you know. It was, it was cool, you know, to, mm. to see someone like, like that. But um, no, it's a, it's a tough question, actually. Okay, next one. Favourite Northland hero growing up? Oh, favourite Northland hero growing up. Uh, probably it was probably Rene Ranger, eh? Legend. That'd be the biggest one. I reckon when I was a young kid. Yeah, he's the one. That, he's the name you'd 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 say as you're running around the backyard. Yeah, and then you got to play with him, obviously. And then I met him, and he's a terrible person. <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's like he's a top. He's a top lad. Got a lot of time for him. Actually, got a question about him too. What's your best Rene Ranger story? Um. I don't know if that's the best story, but I just remember as a young kid, like rocking up before a Blues game. They were playing up north preseason, and just seeing him in the tractor smoking darts <laughs> before before a game. <laughs> um, that's probably a memory that sticks with me. I think he's a bit of a freak athlete, that's for sure, considering what he does. Yeah, he's a beast, eh? Okay, next one. Tell the yarn about stealing the vodka on Waiheke. Finlay, one of the greats. Oh, Finlay. It wasn't actually me. So we sailed across the Waiheke on the yacht again. And um, we we rode ashore, you know. We had a few, that's for sure. <laughs> and we went ashore to... Um, Cook, cook dinner and we forgot the pan at the yacht so we're like oh instead of going all the way back we'll just pop up to this it looked like there was a little party going on and asked if um, we could borrow a pan and they said oh no sorry but there's a barbecue right next door public barbecue so we jumped on that and then we were going back to the yacht and they invited us up for a beer so we went up there and had a beer and had a yarn to them and and then um, one of the uh, we were leaving and one of the boys on the yacht Decided to take a half a bottle of vodka from the from the the party that was going on, and um, so we all walked off and we hear this, "Oi, what's that?" And we look back and we see our mate just put this bottle down, and then she just walks off, and then we look back and there's just this mob of people just chasing us. <laughs> so we were like, "Holy heck!" Like, so we 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 ran off. It was a decent run, eh? Like, we were puffing. And I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll go back and sort of see if I can kind of explain what's happened and calm the situation down. So I'm sort of walking back with my hands in the air, like, like apologising, saying sorry, like, as I made it, bloody idiot, run a rah. Then there's one guy just running with a freaking baseball bat. And then there's other dude just running with his hand cocked like this. And I'm like, holy heck, like, We've got to get out of here. So we turn, turn around, just boost off. We keep running down the, and there was a, it was a big man too. Like I got to give him credit. He had some, <laughs> he had a decent pair of lungs on him. And then we're like, all right, well, all right, we got to, we got to get back um, to the dinghy. But we were down the beach, and then like we were here, the batch was here, and our dinghy and the outboard was on the other side. So we're like, oh, crikey, we're gonna have to sneak past there then in batch like and there was a big street lamps on the on the beach so we were like commandoing through the water like on the edge of the <laughs> edge of the thing and and then we see like a light people walking along so we rush up to the trees and we're hiding and then there's this Argentinian dude that was just sleeping there and we accidentally stand on him and, and he just stands up and goes, oh no 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 we're like shut up mate we've been attacked we've been attacked and so he pipes down and we start make command our way down the beach and then we see this guy go and take our outboard and our oars and we're like oh screw and then at that stage the cops showed up and we explained to them what happened and mate got a warning and um 
we got the we got the oars in the in the outboard back. Jeez, thank God for the police, eh? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Mate, that's a good one. I knew Finlay would have a good yarn there. Yeah, it's good yeah. time. Okay, the next one we got about two or three times. Um, very popular man with the ladies by the looks. Ask him if he'll marry me twice. So um, obviously you do have a big following with women. Do you get that quite often at games and stuff, post games in town? Nah, mate. It's, it's probably some, probably one of the fatties or something pretending to be demanding. <laughs> with a fake account. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, I'm no oil painting, that's for sure, mate. <laughs> mate, but the women love it. The women love it. Okay, next one. How have you improved your jackling skills in detail? Jackling skills? Uh, wow, I'm actually a terrible jackling, to be fair. Always seem to get blown out of the way, but um, we just, as, as Lucy is up to training, we'll just usually um, have different drills and stuff set up. So you can kind of have one guy on their knees and you kind of come along and grab them to ground and just get on the ball and you get another mate with a pad to come and try and hit you off the ball, you know, make sure you're solid or pull you forward, making sure that you're holding your weight and stuff. So, yeah, plenty of drills for Jacqueline. Oh, what a coach. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Would you rather be a marine gynecologist or a Westpac yeah. helicopter pilot? Oh, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a a young kid at Varsity and playing first year prems, some of the older boys, it's funny actually, it's now it's Kurt and Marcel and Jordy Lay and all those boys that are in the um, in the blues now, which is actually real cool. We They used to go out to Pontonby, so they took me under my wing, you know, hoary little lanky ginger, and we got to Pontonby and you'd start chatting away to different people and you sort of soon realise when you told someone that you were studying at uni and you were 19 years old, no one was really interested in you. So I started telling people that I was a um, Westpac rescue helicopter pilot. <laughs> and then and then now, sort of like, that you're a footy player, you just, it's just boring just telling people you're a footy player. So I, I like to just, you know, spark something else up. And I told, I had a mate that said, yeah, yeah um, I was telling someone the other day I was a marine gynecologist. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh, this will be... Um, this will, be, this will be great. So we were off to this flat party and there's a bunch of people, about three or four people, and they asked what I do. And they're like, um, they're like, I'm like, oh, I'm a marine gynecologist. And they're like, they sort of look at me. And they're like, what do you mean? And I just go off on the spiel about what I do. Rah, 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 rah. And then they're just like, we don't believe you. And then I'm like, to my mate, Hugh, I'm like, Hugh, these guys don't believe me that I'm, I'm a marine gynecologist. And he's like, yeah, Tom, they're all um, doctors and surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> like, they know that it's not a thing. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah. I just like to chew the fat, talk about the shit pretty much. <laughs> That's good stuff. But can you actually fly a helicopter? That question came in a few times too. No, 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 I can't. I wish. It'd be pretty cool. Chinese whispers from your varsity days. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, I promise I came clean with everyone eventually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Okay, last question. Best piece of advice Tom Robinson has for Waterlad listeners? Love finishing on something inspirational. Mm, good question. Remember, at the end of the day, it's night. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> an inspirational joke I know <laughs> I know it's no, good my, I sort of my mind when I've gone through those injuries is like it, it, it um, always can be worse you know yeah whatever you're going through it always could be worse and make the most of make the most of good luck and make the best of bad luck however way it goes wow Jeez. So, yeah, I think it's sort of got me through a lot of things, thinking it always could be worse. And sort of if you waste time dwelling on, on what you're going through, you're just sort of prolonging that process, I guess. Mate, that is, that is so good. That is probably one of my favourites. No shit. That <laughs> is quality. And totally agree, mate. Things could always be worse. Like there's always people in yeah. worse situations than us. And as a professional exactly. rugby player with an injury, um, it might seem bad at the time, but it, when you 
take a step backwards, eh? It's um, really nothing at the end of the day with what some people are going through. Yeah. People come up to me like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, and I'm like, it sucks, but, man, I'm getting paid to turn up in rehab and go to the gym, (laughs) you know? Like, people have to do this (laughs) and work proper – people have to work proper jobs and then go do rehab in their own time and pay for a gym. So, Mm. Yeah. Love that. What a way to finish one of the great podcasts. I knew you were a lad. I'd only heard good things, and mate, you have not disappointed <laughs> one of the greats. Um, it's been awesome having you on. Good luck with the season. Um, good luck with the Blues, and hopefully we do see you in that black jersey sooner rather than later. But really appreciate you coming on the podcast, mate. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. Love your work. Keep it up. Likewise. You're a lad. What a lad, what a lad, what a lad, what a lad.